0: In 1983, WXPR 91.7 hit the airwaves for the first time. This is a Northern Voice, 91.7, WXPR Rhinelander. Welcome to WXPR, bringing public radio to Hodag country. Over the past four decades, WXPR public radio has brought unique music, local news, and impactful programming to northern Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. To celebrate our 40th anniversary, WXPR founder Peter Nordgren is taking a look back and sharing how it all began. This is part five of five of WXPR, the story of how it started. I'm Peter Nordgren, and this is the WXPR story. Part 5. When we ended our last episode, it was a bit of a cliffhanger, and it was on September 4th, 1981, and I was furiously faxing in a revised FCC Form 340 to the FCC in Washington, hoping that they would accept our revised application and notify the Department of Commerce, that we were ready and eligible for a construction permit, and thus eligible for a construction grant. In the process of uh, finalizing our application, I had the opportunity to speak once again with our program officer at uh, NTIA in Washington, and he did what he did actually on two occasions with me. He would call up, and he would say, Mr. Nordgren, I've got a real problem with your application. My heart would leap out of my chest. My breathing would stop. And when I would come back to my senses a minute or two later, he would be saying, well, if you would revise this and revise that and fax it into me, I think we can probably do something. I guess it was just his way of maintaining relationship with the uh, people he worked with would they accept the application would the uh, issues of the day blow up Debs and my wedding the next day well you can catch your breath our wedding went off as planned and after a reasonable period of time I think it was probably three to four weeks we were notified a that our FCC application was accepted And B, that we would be receiving a $99,000 Public Telecommunications Facilities Program NTIA Department of Commerce construction grant. The news was good, but you'll remember that we had made temporary arrangements for such things as lining up the final match for our grant and locating our transmitter. The remainder of this episode really should be titled. What Mary Kay did to save the project. Mary Kay foltz now Mary Kay Dadisman, solved the three big problems that we had. Finishing the match, locating the transmitter, and locating the studios. Here's how she did it. She had been working, of course, on uh, many different possible funding sources for the station we were operating on the grant funds we had received first the planning grant and then later the corporation for public broadcasting expansion grant that allowed us to put all of the money that we were taking in from private sources into the bank so to speak mary kay had been working on foundation funding among other sources and we finally succeeded with two foundations that made a big difference. The first and biggest was the Allen Heath Foundation of Chicago. This came to pass, somewhat surprisingly, due to a local connection. Chuck Heath was living in the Northwoods area and actually working as a newscaster on Channel 12. We got to know Chuck, and we learned that he was on the board of his family's foundation. We made our application and in due time, we were awarded a grant from Alan Heath. In fact, Alan Heath gave us twice the amount of money that we had asked for in our application. That is a very unusual occurrence. Our other major foundation support came from the Judd Alexander Foundation of Wausau. And here I have to thank Stan Staples, who came through for us and supported our project. When I met Stan Staples, the first thing he told me was, you probably don't know this, but your grandfather was my mother's piano teacher. Those local connections do help. In the winter of 1981-82, we were able to use a bit of our CPB grant to rent an office in Rhinelander and move back from Manaqua. That office was at 103 North Stevens Street, just down the street from where the station is today. Our match was complete, but we were still looking for that transmitter site. Here enters Dick Rod, president of Wausau Paper Mills Company. Wausau had bought the Rhinelander paper mill the year before. And Dick, a relatively young executive, came to Rhinelander and got to know some of the folks there and through efforts by Mary Kay, he got to know us. I've used these words before and here I'll say them again. I cannot say enough about what Dick Rod did for our project. We were for the most part a bunch of young people with this dream and now a uh, grant behind us which helped and he took a personal interest in seeing to it that we succeeded. The first thing that they offered was a place that we could possibly put our studios and this was a duplex that the paper company owned on Rhinelander's south side on Prospect Street. A company from probably about 80 to 90 years earlier that manufactured not refrigerators as we know them but ice boxes due to its previous use it was zoned industrial so we could put something like a radio station there we moved into that space and one day mary kate came to me with a map and said dick rod wondered if we would have an interest in this piece of property it was a uh, piece of land just off County Highway A between Sugar Camp and Three Lakes, inside of a loop that previously had been part of the old highway. I looked over the map. I think I did a very rapid FAA application, since FAA had been our uh, main challenge, and found out that it would be a permissible location for our 400-foot tower. The three-phase power ran right past. We said yes, and Wassa Paper Mills Company donated this almost 14-acre piece of land to our organization, and there we built the tower. With our construction permit issued, we could request call letters from the FCC. We knew we'd start with the W since we're located east of the Mississippi River. We made up a list of six options for the Board of Directors. In those days, you didn't have access to a database that you could check instantly, so we had to make kind of a best guess as to what might be available. The call letters WXPR on our list came from KXPR, another station that was in the public radio expansion program like us. It was in Sacramento, California, and had recently changed to KXPR from KERS, I believe. Anyway, the board took, I think, three different votes, and uh, WXPR came to the top. The second choice, incidentally, was WNRS, which would have been a good combination, but I found out later that they were already in use by another station. There's, of course, much more to the story of WXPR. I could talk about how volunteers got together and cut down the trees on the property where the guy wires needed to go to build the tower. I could talk about the many different fundraising and community events we put on in the next year and a half as we prepared to put the station on the air. I could talk about crawling through the crawl spaces in the building as we ran the wires and hooked up the equipment. Going with Alvin Bobadosh down to the University of Wisconsin-Stout to see Ace Matthews, the uh, communication instructor who inspired so many students, and from him pick up the green monster, the big old used transmitter, It was so critical to uh, making our case with the Corporation for Public Broadcasting that we could proceed even in the face of potential budget cuts at the federal level. We're riding with Bob Means and his father in his step van to Minneapolis to pick up the studio equipment at AVC Systems. There are a lot of good stories to tell, but those stories really are for other folks to uh, join in and tell Uh, because the project was really no longer the vision that I had. It was the vision of 20, 40, 100, or maybe even hundreds of people by then. There are a few people that I haven't mentioned yet, and I would like to mention them for what they gave to the project or how they helped. I did meet several times with Dan Poehler, the young tribal chair of the Sakagan Chippewa community. The Sakagan at that time were putting on the Mole Lake Bluegrass Festival, and I met with them and talked with them. Uh, they sought my input for uh, possible performers. Some journalists took interest in our project, and I think particularly of Paul Mers and Rocky Barker, both editors of the Rhinelander Daily News as well as Meredith Albright. Tom Forster published the Walleye Street Journal out of Presque Isle, and at the time when we were uh, working hard to raise our matching funds, he put out an editorial in support of the project. I always appreciate that, and I miss the Walleye Street Journal. The Northern Arts Council of Rhinelander was a supportive group Uh, Their focus was on many different kinds of arts in the community. And uh, a radio station probably hadn't come to mind, but they were welcoming to us and uh, well-connected in the community. Also, the Children's Arts Program, which uh, I understand has uh, uh, kind of morphed these days or perhaps came to an end and uh, revived in a different form, But Twink Hansen and the volunteers that worked with her were people who were very supportive. Then there were the librarians, people like Nan Andrews and Chris Adams-Wendt, people who uh, worked with the folks I've mentioned from Nicolet as well as my wife, Deb, and joined in the effort to create the station. There are more stories to share but maybe another day. Do I have any regrets looking back? I do have one regret that I'll share. When we were moving into the duplex at 303 West Prospect Street, that would be the ultimate home of the station for many years, there was a tenant in one half of the duplex uh, who moved out. This was Miss Ruth Newman, she had been a longtime employee of the Rhinelander Paper Company and, as I understand, had been the secretary of the corporation at one time. Miss Newman told me that it was time for her to move on, but I wish we had gotten to know her a bit more and helped out with her move when she moved out. It was an experience of a lifetime, and I am very deeply grateful to everybody who made it possible. Again, if I didn't mention you, know that your efforts and what you did are appreciated. Thank you for listening to my WXPR story, and enjoy the things that you get from 91.7 FM. I'm Peter Nordgren. You've been listening to WXPR, the story of how it started.